1: And amen. I like watching documentaries, especially documentaries about the Second World War, uh, programs like World at War back in the 70s when, when I was growing up, and I st- still think I have videos of those films. Uh, the thing about these documentaries are they're almost 100% filmed in black and white. So every time I see these images, uh, I, I don't have a, a real connection to what I'm seeing. You know, every time I see, let's say, footage of the Battle of the Bulge or Pearl Harbor or the Blitzkrieg or a fire over London and things like that, I don't have quite uh, a connection because the images uh, are are simply um, to, to tell a story about what happened in a place so far away and a time long gone. So when I watch these things, I'm watching them simply as a spectator. Someone who is witnessing a record of a historical event or something like that. There's no emotional connections to them. Until recently, they found footage, new footage of these same battles that were filmed in black and white but this time in vivid color. And as I began to watch these same footages of these same battles, it all of a sudden took on a different meaning for me. For the first time, I saw images of how blue the sky was during the Battle of the Bulge, how green the fields and the trees were as Allied forces fought Germans through the countryside in France. All of a sudden, that the turquoise water of the Pacific uh, becomes vivid as the Japanese airplanes attacked those American fleets at Pearl Harbor, all of a sudden the fires over London was so uh, blazing orange. And of course, how deep, dark red, the blood of those people who died during that war. Let me tell you, after seeing those same footages in living color I would never look at the violence of war the same way again. I want you to know that sometimes it takes seeing things in a new light for us to see our own lives the way we ought to live them. Sometimes we need to see things in a new light to be able for us to treat one another the way we ought to treat One another. And of course, sometimes it takes seeing God at a new light to be able for us to put our faith and our hope and our trust in His name alone. And that's exactly what happened to the disciples of the Lord on that first Easter day. The three scriptures we've just read had one thing in common. I don't know if you're paying attention, but I had the singers read a portion of those scriptures. In each and every one of those episodes on that resurrection story, each and every time they encountered Jesus after he rose from the dead, they did not realize it was Jesus. They didn't recognize that it was him. And I thought that was kind of ironic. How how could these disciples not recognize Jesus? They spent three and a half years ministering with him. They've known him intimately more than any other people. I've always wondered about that, why they failed to recognize someone that was very close to him, to them. Uh, let me submit to you this morning that perhaps they couldn't disconnect the way they saw Jesus while he was alive from the one that is before them after he rose from the dead. Let me submit to you that. Even those disciples needed to see Jesus in a new light. Perhaps their image or, or their their view of Jesus remained the same. Perhaps even though he's been telling them over and over again, I will die on the cross, but I will rise again in three days. Perhaps they haven't really comes, came to grips with the reality that Jesus was in fact going to rise from the dead. You know, there's still many today who know Jesus and say, we know about Jesus, but really do not know who Jesus re- really is. Perhaps uh, we're still seeing him as just an object of our religious devotion. You know, uh, oh, the whole of Christendom is celebrating Easter Sunday, the Resurrection Day. And you know what? Not everybody who acknowledges Easter knows who Jesus really is. That Jesus is who rose from the dead. There's nothing wrong with us saying that Jesus is the object of our religious belief. That's fine. But there's a problem with that because Jesus' resurrection was not meant for us to simply recognize. It's meant for us to experience the resurrection in its, in its reality in far better and deeper way. Perhaps today you need to see Jesus in a new light. And that's the big piece of the resurrection event. For Jesus to be revealed in us in a new light so that we can recognize and see him for who he really is. Not that Jesus has changed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But perhaps we need to see him in a new light. In these three episodes, in the resurrection event, uh, gives us some insights on how we can know the real Jesus of the resurrection. Now here are three things that will testify that we are seeing Jesus in a new light. First of all, number one, if you're taking notes, we know that Jesus has revealed himself to us. In a new and living way, when there is a tangible experience of his sacred power and presence. Let me say that again. We know that Jesus has been revealed to us in a more profound and more real way. When there is a tangible, the word tangible means something we can really grasp. Something that we can really experience. When there is a tangible experience of his sacred power and presence. In our story, we see Mary Magdalene going to the tomb of Jesus. And this is a fascinating story. She went there. She didn't find Jesus. She went back to the disciples and she said, I couldn't find the Lord. I don't know where they hid his body. And so they went with her and they saw that she was telling the truth. The the tomb was empty. So the disciples left. They, They went back to where they were. But Mary stayed and she started crying. She started crying because she saw that the tomb was empty. And then there were two men in there two angels in there (laughs) asking her why are you crying and she said because they have taken my lord away and i want to know where to find them and of course as we know from the rest of the story jesus himself appeared to mary and even jesus asked mary why are you crying why was Mary crying? Why? What, what's really depressing her? Well, it's not unusual for Mary Magdalene to serve Jesus. Throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, Mary was there with him, serving him. In fact, the Bible says that she anointed him with oil often as a sign of her love and gratitude to him. After all, Jesus cast out many, many demons from her. She loved Jesus because for the first time in her life she was not only free from the bondage of sin but she felt that love that 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 dignity to be treated uh, like a person and to be given that loving kindness there's no doubt that she was crying because she was heartbroken She was crying because she felt the only person that have ever treated her right is now gone. He's now dead, and that's why she was crying. And of course, as we know from the story, all of a sudden, she she was in the presence of Jesus. Jesus was there. She mistaken him for a gardener. And then finally, Jesus says, Mary. Not until Jesus called Mary by her name did she recognize That it was Jesus. Now listen to this. When Mary recognized that it was Jesus she was speaking to, she probably became overwhelmed with joy and she started to go up to him and to start hugging him. But you know what happened? You can find it in the story. Jesus says, stop in the name of love. No, that that, that wasn't part of it. If you were Mary, you just you you've been crying because you you, you know you were heartbroken, and then all of a sudden the person you are crying about is right in front of you. Your first reaction would be full of joy, and you want to hug the person. But Jesus stopped her. Why did Jesus stop her? Jesus stopped her because Mary called Jesus Rabboni, and you know what the word Rabboni means—teacher. The moment she saw Jesus. She said, Rabboni, teacher, is it really you?" And Jesus says, "Stop! Don't ho- don't hold on to me, because I haven't yet ascended to my Father." Now, what was that all about? You know, I'm not a I'm not a theologian. I I don't know why Jesus said to Mary, "Don't hold on to me, uh, because I haven't yet ascended to my Father." I wanna I wanna say though to you, I'm just a preacher. I want to say to you that this is probably what happened. When Mary saw Jesus, she still saw him as a teacher. And that's why Jesus said, don't hold on to me because I have told you before I'm going to my father. And when I go to my father, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to testify to you about who I really am. When the Holy Spirit comes up to you, Mary, you will no longer call me teacher, you will call me King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mary needed to see Jesus in a new light. Because even though Jesus rose from the dead, she still thought that Jesus was just that teacher. She probably wanted to touch him because she wanted to anoint him again. And probably Jesus said to him, don't anoint me. You're not going to be anointing me anymore. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and I will anoint you this time. To be my servant. It takes Jesus, the sacred presence of Jesus as King of Kings and Lord of Lords is what happens when we really see him in the glory of his resurrection. Perhaps today you and I need to see Jesus in that new light this Resurrection Sunday. He may still be, we may still be viewing him as just that great man who lived. Maybe some of you who are watching, maybe your view of Jesus is nothing more than just that great, great religious founder of a, of a faith. Jesus is more than that. The Bible says that he is the creator and sustainer of this universe. He rules and reigns. And he is all and in all. He is king of kings and lord of lords. The undeniable presence of Jesus that the disciples like Mary Magdalene have experienced can be experienced by all of that today in a profound An eternal way. What was it that that Mary experienced when when she came to Jesus? Well, we know that, that, that Jesus had forgiven Mary. So the first thing that we know, the first thing we'll recognize in our lives when we encountered the presence of the risen Lord in our lives by the power of the Spirit is there is pardon. That's the first thing. You know that you've encountered Jesus because you have been pardoned of your sin. I have been pardoned of my sin. Mary was crying needlessly because she thought that the person that had delivered her from her sin is long gone. But in reality, when the Holy Spirit came and He began to dwell in us, when the Spirit of God dwells every believer, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. The pardon that you receive from your sin will never be taken away. It is there forever because the, the power of the Spirit and the presence of the Spirit is in our lives. There's no such thing as an irredeemable person when the Spirit of God grabs a hold of you and the risen Savior rose from the dead to send the Holy Spirit in order to accomplish that part of the salvation process, the pardoning of our sin. Second Corinthians 2.10 Paul says this, but one whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed what I have forgiven, I have forgiven anything. If I had forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. We are now able to share that forgiveness as well. Because we know that we had been truly pardoned and forgiven by sin, by, by ours from our sin by the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, we know that we have encountered the risen Christ. When there is peace. You know, the, the, the favorite word that Jesus used to greet his disciples is, obviously, peace be with you. In fact, in Luke 24, while they were still talking, I'm talking about the disciples, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Did you know that that peace will abide in your heart for forever because of the spirit of God that lives in you? See, that's something that, that we often say, yeah, you know, I, I know that in Christ I have peace. But do you realize that that peace will be with you forever? Because the Spirit of God is in you. Troubles may come. Pandemics will come. Tragedies will come. Calamities will come. But Jesus' peace will remain forever because of the Spirit that He sent. Lastly, purity. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Did you know that when you encounter the risen Savior, you will have pardon, you will have peace, and there will be a pursuit of purity. Now Mary Magdalene experienced all of that. And then she started crying because she she thought, that all of that will be taken away from her. But Jesus says, don't hold on to me. The Spirit is coming. But when the Spirit comes, He will testify that everything that I have given you and I have told you will remain with you forever. Aren't you glad you've been pardoned by God? Amen? It, through Christ. Don't you, don't you realize that you have peace? Even right now. You wouldn't be here this Easter morning if God has not given you peace. Maybe something's troubling you today. Let me tell you, that trouble is temporary. Go to the Lord. He'll give you peace. And you know what? The rest of our lives, we're going to pursue righteousness. We're not going to do it alone. People say, you know, you Christians are holier than thou. No, no, that's not our mantra. Our mantra is our righteousness is in Christ. We have been given that righteousness. You and I can't be righteous on our own. Amen? It has to be given to us. We have to be put in that position. And so purity becomes an issue of God's work in our lives through the Holy Spirit. Now, there's another testimony that we are seeing the risen Lord in a new light. And that is, secondly, there's a true enlightenment of scriptural prophetic promises. Now, that's a lot of words. Let me say it again. There's a true enlightenment as far as scriptural prophetic promises are concerned. We look now to the second episode in the resurrection. Luke 24:13 to 16. We see this in this account involving two disciples who are walking along the road to Emmaus. This is again on the same resurrection day. They were walking and talking to themselves about what's been happening in Jerusalem. You know, They were talking about the crucifixion of Jesus, how Jesus was a great teacher, that he was a, a man of God and all of that. And, and, and the, the, the priests in the, the, the temple, um, the religious leaders uh, all ganged up and arrested him and sent them over to the Romans to be crucified and all of that. They were talking about the events of the day. That was a big deal. The resurrection of Jesus, who was very, very famous (laughs) when he was arrested and crucified. And all of a sudden, as they were walking down the road to Emmaus, all of a sudden, Jesus started walking with them. Again, the Bible says that they did not recognize that it was Jesus. And then Jesus started saying, "What what are you talking about? And they even rebuked Jesus. That was amazing to me. You know? <laughs> Jesus talked to them and, and, and asked them, what are you talking about? And they said to Jesus, are you the only one who don't know what's been going on? Where have you been? You know, Don't you know that this guy Jesus, who was a great man, who was a miracle worker, and he was doing all of these things, he was arrested. He was crucified for blasphemy. And the Romans just got rid of him. And then Jesus started talking to them about what the Bible says about the Messiah. You can read it for yourself. We don't have time to go through all of that. And he started talking to them from the beginning. Jesus expounded to them the scriptures. All scriptures are pointing to the coming Messiah. He said to them, you shouldn't be surprised at this. The problem with the two of you is this. You've been looking at this whole situation on the basis of what you're hearing, what people are saying. You're talking about the events. You're talking about what people are saying about Jesus. Let me tell you something about who this Jesus is. This was Jesus talking. He was the one that God has chosen to redeem the world. And God will send this Messiah and he will die on the cross for the sins of all humanity. And he started going on and on and on. And then when evening came and you think this sermon is long. By the time Jesus was done talking to these two guys, it was nighttime. And they said, Jesus, you've been talking to us about the Bible. Why don't you come in and have supper with us? And he did. And then he sat down, and all of a sudden he took the bread. Jesus took over the, the dinner. He took the bread, he prayed, and he broke it. And at that moment, those two recognized that it was Jesus. And they said to, her, to themselves, weren't our hearts burning while he was talking to us about him? They saw Jesus in a new light. They saw Jesus as the scriptures revealed who Jesus really, really is. Luke 24, he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Now, listen, loved ones. We cannot see Jesus in a new light apart from what the Bible says about him. That's a sobering thought. Jesus is revealed to us through the words of scriptures. He's been prophesied thousands of years before he actually came. And in the writings of the gospel, uh, that's how we find Jesus. In the Old and in the New Testament. You know, um, apart from the Spirit's work revealing Jesus to us through the scriptures, we'll never really grasp The reality of who Jesus is as he is revealed in scriptures. Loved ones, don't get caught up on depictions. You know, this time of the year, there's a whole lot of movies coming out about Jesus. You know, it's a whole lot of plays, you know, (laughs) stage play, even churches do them. I'm not knocking these things down, okay? I mean, I mean, th- you, you, can, you can see depictions of Jesus in paintings. If you go to, you know, I've been to Rome and you, you, you see these museums, these churches filled with depictions of the life of Jesus. You know, we see photographs, we see movies. These are fine, but loved ones, you'll never see the revelation of true Jesus through these de- depictions. You and I will only see the true Christ as the scriptures reveals him. Nothing wrong again. But nobody gets saved watching Jesus of Nazareth. Alright? You never get saved watching the Passion of the Christ. You'll never know Jesus in a deeper way by looking at a painting or a sculpture. You find the real resurrected risen Lord through the testimony of his word. You know those two disciples? They were shocked when Jesus broke the bread. They realized that they weren't just listening to the word. They were in the presence of the living word of God. I always tell people, tell me all the time, Pastor, I really feel the presence of God during the singing in the church. I do too. It's a wonderful thing to be able to praise God and and sing these wonderful songs of praise. But then don't get caught up in the emotion of that thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting emotional when you're trying to praise God. You need to back up the emotion with a knowledge of the word.